Uh, I'm a little conflicted because, you know, on one side, I'm happy that the A's won today, you know, because they, they won. But on the other side, like, the Mariners fucking suck right now. And they could use every win um, that they need. And it's just making my prediction look bad for the preseason predictions. So um, I said they were going to go really to the World Series, dude. I feel like the World Series was quite the stretch for you on that one. I'm not going to lie. When you said it, I was like, World Series? I don't know about that one. I just didn't really feel a lot of these teams. It was a lot of the same bullshit. I was like, you know, let's shake up the system. and uh, Yeah, but you thought that that young talent would get them all the way to the World Series in year one? Yeah, but you know what? Plenty of season left, but yeah. It, we, we do feel stupid. We can agree on that, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I feel stupid because it's a long season ahead, but I would say that, um, you know, I don't feel confident in my pick anymore, especially with the Astros just killing it. And every time I come on here, I bash the Astros about, like, they're not for real, but they keep winning games. And then the Angels, it's like, I need to see, like, I need to see what, what actually happens with them. And then they also keep fucking winning games. So it's, you know, it's it's a process, but, you know, we're we're – Almost two months in, so I feel like we have a decent preview of what's going on. Yeah, I think, you know, anything's... Well, look, if we want to, you, you know, we, we love talking about other sports. If we want to use an, an, an analogy, look what Boston, where they were at at the beginning of this calendar year. It's true. And now they're at the time of this recording. They look bad before that Derek White trade. Yeah, yeah. And just at the time of this recording, we're recording it. Uh, Wednesday the 25th, they're a game away from the finals. So, hey, you never know. Mariners, I believe in you. You're going to do it. Just don't Hey, you never know. It. A's. I feel like we do now, though. I like your jib, kid. Welcome to Town Tailgate Podcast. <clears throat> Sorry for that. That was weird. That's a fine if this was Leptard Joe. Uh, I'm I'm Chris Madrigal, and that's Julio right now. So, um, today's topics of choice... Choice by myself and Julio, of course, because we produce the show. Um, <laughs> um, some uh, uh, tension between um, a couple star players for the Yankees and the White Sox that a lot of people have been talking about the past couple days. Um, Angels might be looking at a new home, maybe Vegas. We'll talk about that. Um, and uh, a player who we shit on for um, about two weeks ago is just lighting up. Uh, and then we'll get back into um, some more roster moves. Uh, welcome face back on the pitching staff. Um, a fi- a Chris, Chris Madrigal favorite is also back on the, on the team. Um, the old guys getting it done for the A's. And um, I have a interesting uh, hot take that I'm going to walk through um, after we get back from the break. But first, Julio, let's talk about the big story of the week. Um uh, this past weekend, the White Sox played the Yankees, um, and uh, Josh Donaldson was up to bat. He steps up to the plate, and Yasmani Grandal uh, starts talking to him. And Josh Donaldson kind of like looks away for a second, and then he kind of hears what he's saying and, and uh, responds back. And the argument gets very intense and very heated. Uh, the bench is clear. The umpires have to break it up. Um, and we find out at the end of the game that... Um, Josh Donaldson had been heckling, I guess you could say, Tim Anderson all game, calling him Jackie. Um, Nickname Jackie, you know, for Jackie Robinson. Um, There's a little bit more to the story. Josh Donaldson had responded um, to that to the press. After the game, he had said that in 2019, Tim Anderson had had done an interview with Sports Illustrated to where he said that he wants to bring the fun back to the game of baseball and he is going to be he is going to be the Jackie Robinson of bringing fun back to the game of baseball. Josh Donaldson uh decided to use this as a joke and ever since then has been when the when they when ever cuz he used to play for the Braves as well as the Twins anytime he would play the White Sox um they would um he would call him Jackie as a joke. And he claims that is an inside joke. He says that all of his teammates on the Braves would also do the same thing. And Tim Anderson never said much about it, but 
Tensions flared flared up this past weekend. Yasmani Grandal stepped up for his teammate um, and um, decided to confront Josh Jones about it. Um, it was a very heated series all weekend. There was a lot of tension, a lot of scuffles, um, and that is the story. Julio, your initial thoughts once you got, gathered all of the information. I hate to admit this because of, you know, my fandom and all that, but I think it's a long enough time. I think it's time to admit it. Josh Donaldson's just an asshole, man. Like, you know, obviously his time in Oakland cannot love the guy anymore, right? He seemed like he was doing all the right things in the clubhouse. He was doing all the right things on the field. And he, you know, he seemed like a really loved player. But this, okay, look, we've all had situations in our lives, I think, where you may have made a joke to somebody you may have not known that well, and it just didn't land. And that's, in, and cool, back off, not doing that again kind of thing, right? You don't, they're, they're not your boy. So, you know, don't make that joke. And I'm sure people have done that for it too us as well when I make a joke like hey you don't really know me like that kind of thing so the fact that he still did did this again when this is what you said this has happened multiple times Um, he said he's been doing it since the 2019 Sports Illustrated article yeah so that's not cool dude what are you doing and there's also rumors uh, I forgot where I was reading this up the other day I should have sent it to you when I grabbed it that there was actually like an other other uh, teams that Donaldson had played for, I think it was post Toronto, so it was either with Minnesota or with Atlanta, where like he just did not get along with like Latino players, and that it, it there's it's like a lot deeper of a thing. I can look it up in a minute when you when I talk a little bit more about this, and the fact that like Aaron Judge didn't get your back. Aaron Judge pretty much said like you know, that was a big mistake for him to even say that, and he didn't really try to say oh you know it was a joke he said no that was disrespectful and in poor judgment dude that I, i'll be honest if the and let's forgot to mention he did get suspended for a game and yeah. insult to injury he is on the covid <laughs> il now so that's that yeah um, uh, uh real quick joe joe kelly made a fun little comment on it he does a um the radio show and um where does he play now again joe kelly they're teammates. In or, or, the and Tim, Tim Anderson and Joe White Kelly. Talks. Yeah, yeah he's on White Talks. Joe Kelly every week goes on the local sports radio show. It's like 8.30 or something like that. He does like an hour on there, like a host. I think he wants to get into sports talk radio when he retires. Anyway, and he said his comments were pretty funny. He's like, uh, when they announced that Josh Donaldson got suspended in one game, he was like, crazy. I got suspended eight games for making a face. Okay, I'm sorry. I keep going. That was funny though. Oh God, I didn't even think about that. Jesus Christ. It's yeah, and it was. It, it's also like you know, how do you even set a bar for this kind of thing? Because look, there's definitely worse things he could have said. We can yeah. agree on that. Um, and it, it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing in this situation. Whatever, whatever suspension it was. It just kind of sucks because we both love Tim Anderson. We love everything he does on the field, everything he does off the field. Yeah, you got his – like, I think – I would say confidently, I think he might be your favorite non-A. He is my favorite non-A. Yeah. So, like, even though during the playoffs I fucking hated him in 2020, he was just every at-bat. I think he batted, like, almost 400 during the the wild card series. Yeah. Um, But, you know what? It just kind of sucks because – um, we're really seeing who Josh Donaldson's true colors are. And at the end of the day, it sounds like he's just always been kind of an asshole. Yeah. I, I there's just, uh, there's just a lot of levels to this that I think that we need to touch on in order to understand all sides of this, to be honest with you, because that is an, an initial reaction. That's a fair initial reaction, um, that a lot of people had. Uh, I'm not saying that's your initial reaction. You, you've looked into this and we've thought a lot about it, but that's an initial reaction to a lot of people. But, so where I think the big thing is like where is the line on on little racist comments like this for 
society in general. Because, like, for example, when I go play pickup basketball, I would say nine times out of ten when I go play pickup basketball, people call me The Rock. Hey, The Rock, nice, nice rebound. Or or they call me, like, Junior Seau, nice, nice rebound. So for those of you who haven't seen me or seen my, I don't know, our YouTube page or whatever, uh, I am brown uh and i am a large guy i'm 230 pounds six one and i would say that i there's not much there's not a ton of fat on my body so i'm a bigger cool story dude built bad timing dude bad timing for that joke so i'm a bigger i'm a bigger built guy so people's first like initial stereotype of me is that i'm samoan polynesian tongan whatever you want pacific islander i'm not i'm half mexican and i'm half my mom's half white you know all kinds of european um um so people just initially stereotype me but like when, when i'm on the basketball court and someone says like hey like like good shot there uh rock or good shot there whatever i don't really make much of it it's just like it's just guys just like you know just you know talking like you know i, I wouldn't even call that shit talking it's just kind of like just random like name calling um now <clears throat> calling someone Jackie is not a, it's not the same level as, as that. Um, but I think there is a level to where guys, uh, take that and they kind of like run with it. Um, I, I, there's a lot of guys that don't quite know the, the limits to that, to where the, where, or the line to that. I think Josh Donald is clearly one of those guys who doesn't understand the line where that's kind of like, you know, being, anybody being compared to Jackie Robinson is just it's it's quite the uh it's it's it it does it's just never a good good idea because he's just such an influential person not only in in baseball history but in sports history in society in you American history um in civil rights history so like I, I I'm never gonna support someone giving that nickname to anyone whether it's a joke whether it's self-proclaimed if it's self-proclaimed it's even more offensive to me i'm never gonna accept that that's definitely not okay because uh i have a lot of respect for jackie robinson as a fan of baseball as a uh historian of american history and as someone who is a is supportive of the civil rights movement i guess you could say i don't know who knows knows his shit um but i think josh thought that that was what he was doing um now, the other side to, to look at is Tim Anderson says in his statement, I wasn't bothering anybody. And I think that that says so much about what Tim Anderson has had to go through his entire life being a black American man, especially growing up in Alabama. He's from Alabama. Um, he probably has to defend himself and explain to people all the time for, for actions that other people do to him when he wasn't even doing anything like i i guarantee he has said that line in his life so many times i wasn't even bothering anybody because it's a it's true he wasn't josh donaldson was just doing that to him um for whatever reason he said that in that article in sports illustrated like fine like he compares to jackie robinson bit of a stretch bro probably shouldn't have done that but you know at the same time he was doing it in good faith. He was trying to say it as terms of bringing fun back to the game. Like, I respect that. But, like, I don't think he should be teased about it years later that, that he he hasn't done that. And I can never step into his shoes and know what it's like to to for people to start shit with you for and you haven't done anything. That That's just something I don't understand. Um, so I think that perspective is the best way to really understand the situation is that he wasn't even doing anything wrong and it wasn't like he started this fight either his teammate was sticking up for him he's probably going to the dugout and he's like this motherfucker keeps calling me jackie i swear to god like he better stop doing that and yasmani grandal was probably very offended by that as any friend of someone who was going through that probably would be and he was like fuck that i'm not gonna like let this dude get away with it so I mean, there's just so many, there's so many levels to this. Um, I, I, you know, a couple of days later, uh, you know, he was getting criticism from some probably more right wing opinion people that, um, Tim Anderson was over, overreacted. Um, 
And, you know, a couple days later, Tim Anderson made a statement that there was no inside joke between him and Josh Donaldson. Take that with a grain of salt. It's a lot easier to say that afterward um, to try and, you know, defend your actions. But at the same time, he wasn't the one who started it. It was Grandel who started it. So, like, that opinion on him overreacting is bullshit in the first place. So, yeah, it's it's just weird. I'm, you know, I don't know Josh Donaldson enough. You know, I'm not going to call him an asshole. Um, I'm not too fond of him these days because of this. But uh, there's just so many levels to this that it's just really hard to tackle. I, I think we've said it all. I, I don't think we should touch on this any more than we've needed to. Um, we're not fucking civil rights professors. So uh, that's just those are our opinions on it. And at the end of the day, Tim Anderson gets the last laugh because he's arguably the best shortstop in baseball right now. And Josh yes. Donaldson is washed up. That's why I love him. All right. On to the next well, topic. Josh Donaldson. The yeah. thing. And at the end of the day, look, maybe Donaldson can go through some sensitivity training and go through this. And that's what we hope he does. But until then, you're kind of a dick. Yeah. All right, Chris. Um, uh, Vegas Angels? Yeah. Vegas so Angels? one of... The places that I've called home. I've got a big grin on for those of you who are yeah. listening on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, one of the places that I've have had called home for, um, you know, my life. Anaheim. Lived there for three years when I worked at Disneyland. Very interesting city, to say the least. Uh, and things really got a lot more interesting in this past week. If you didn't know, uh, a few years ago, uh, uh, exactly two and a half years ago, the city of Anaheim agreed to sell the stake of angel stadium so the city owned the lot and the stadium uh their their portion to Arden moreno's management group for 320 million and if you hadn't seen the attention is to completely redo the angel stadium area so it's, it's like oakland there's just huge parking lots everywhere where it's going to be you know hotels and restaurants and apartments and it's already been coming up they've been yeah, building yeah. like nice luxury apartments there's breweries over there yeah so it, the area is coming up and all that stuff well that is all going uh on a complete hold because uh the mayor has resigned the mayor in anaheim has resigned after it is shown that he actually took less money than what should have been paid for with the uh land deal and he had asked that the that the angels in return donate quotation marks one million dollars to his campaign on top of that other stuff that's showing is we i think we all knew this about who've you know who are also disney fans is uh, disney's also very was very involved with the politicalness with it comes to anaheim mayor that's a whole nother topic um, but it's not like this dude is corrupt as fuck he got ousted and now the city council has voted against the sale of Angel Stadium to uh, Artie Moreno's group. Artie just loves, loves, loves a mess. This dude just seems like, look, don't get me wrong. John Fisher, scumbag. Here's the difference between the two. Uh, John Fisher is at the end of the day, you got you kind of hate him for it, but you get it. He knows what he's doing. He's blowing it up. He's not putting any investment to it until shit gets done. I'm not investing. Whereas Artem Moreno, since his time as ownership, what the mid two thousands, uh, the guy has made a lot of really bad moves from this team. Whether it be giving Josh Hamilton that deal, trading for Vernon Wells, uh, trading, giving Tim Lipscomb a right. chance to. Or, or uh, C.J. Anderson, CJ, and then giving no, Albert Pujols that fat deal. Anderson, no. C- Wilson, C.J. Wilson. C.J. Wilson, yeah, yeah. Letting guys like Mike Napoli and C.J. Crone, that's another dude, like walk on top of the whole Tyler Skaggs, um, you know, tragedy that happened with this overdose, and yeah. having it linked to somebody who's working in his clubhouse. And now they're saying, well, now the future of the Angels, who's I believe they're. Their stadium lease is through 2025, uh, through 2029, sorry, with a, a club option for 2038, because I guess the stadium's like a fucking baseball player where they can extend their option. So now who knows, Chris? Did you, are you going to stir the pot? Are you going to start calling them the Las Vegas Angels? 
I mean, when when their fans talk shit back to me, which is the last Angels game is what happened. Uh, I wasn't shaking my head. I was cracking my neck. Sorry. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the last Angel game I went to, uh, the A's won, and I was obnoxiously say- chanting, let's go Oakland. So maybe I was asking for it. And then, like, 10 A's, Angel fans were like, I thought they were the Vegas A's. So now I'm going to be like, I thought it was the Vegas Angels. So it just gives me another, like, more ammo to talk shit back to them. It's going to be great. Um, they'll probably kick my ass, but it'll be, it'll be worth it. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I, it, I don't, I'm, I'm joking about that. I don't know if there's actually a race to Vegas. I mean, I don't know if they have a backup plan or not. So I guess we'll see. Maybe Long Beach is, is uh, more realistic now, like John said a week ago. I kind of wish that we had John on this week now um, so that we could talk him, to him about this situation. But I don't I kind I mean, of did. Just, yeah, just, we should have did an emergency pod. It's just another, it's another stadium situation going on in, in the league that, that, it has just it's so open ended and it's owner trying to capitalize on more revenue by getting a better ballpark and they're put in a shitty situation because of politics and i mean it's just it blows my mind that the rams can get their beautiful stadium built and the raiders too their beautiful stadium built in like 3 years like they put the deal together in 1 year and then 3 years later it's built but it takes us, the Angels and the Rays, fucking ten years to figure it out. I don't know what it is about politics and them shitting on the and baseball, but man, it's just like a fucking clusterfuck. And and like, it's an un, un, it's what what we keep saying. Like it, it feels like so repetitive. Like the another problem with this league, they can't figure out their fucking stadium situations. Like. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's more around that are. I mean, Marlins Park isn't great. They probably like n- no one likes going there. Um, I mean, ugh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Oh, we can go further. Uh, in California alone, you got Chase Center, which w- was, you know, shovel and ground and they open. They got that done years. quick too. Yeah. Yeah, you've got uh, Sacramento, who fought to get get the Kings there. And I bet you they kind of regret it now, uh, but no, still. Sacramento I've, loves that team, bro. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Yeah, but like, have, 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 you, have you been to? I was gonna call it Sleep Train. I'm like, no, that's Golden One. Golden it's beautiful. Golden One, awesome. Yeah, like, and that yeah. got built relatively quick. Not a lot of yeah. blue balls. Um, and then you know, just potentially 30, 40 minutes away from us, whenever it's done, um, the new Clippers Arena. So and like, although all the all the, the LAFC. Crazy, the crazy thing about it is all the stadiums you're naming too are privately funded. So it's not like these places like Milwaukee where the citizens are going to be paying taxes for the next 50 years for it. They were all privately funded. Now, look, don't get me wrong. Um, I always, look, I'm always going to have a soft spot for that stadium because for, you know, for three years, that was my home stadium. You know, I'd go to every A's Angel series when I was living in Anaheim. I'd go, I'd go to random games, all this stuff. But Julio, that being it's said, super, it's super uneventful. Like I don't like it's going pretty there pretty boring. I like this. I, I enjoy went, the Coliseum more than I enjoy Angel Stadium. Like I went this last week and um, I, I went to the A's Angels game on Saturday. Frankie Pish, she got hit in the hand. Not fun. Um, and it was country weekend. What's you like? Not my cup of tea. I love country music. You know, cowboy hats everywhere. Whatever, cool. Give me some Johnny Cash, Garth Brooks if I'm drunk enough. Of course, my homegirl, bless up to the god, Dolly Parton. But she's still alive, my guy. I know, but bless up. That's just, oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's like I saw numerous "Let's Go Brandon" shirts, and it's just like every time I get the reminder, I'm like, I'm in. Oh, that's right, I'm in. Orange County, the home of fucking Tito Ortiz, as like a Brandon. I don't know what that is. Do you know now? (laughs) Let's not talk politics, but I'll just give a quick summary. Let's go, Brandon. Was there was a Republican convention where the chant there it's chanting "fuck Joe Biden," Mm -hmm. and the person of the mic was like, "Oh, are you saying let's go, Brandon?" And then Mm -hmm. now they just have it as their shirts. But anyways, okay. Um, and put and. I think the biggest thing too, besides you know the crowd, I don't. At the end of the day, it's whatever. I'll, I'll live through it. Um, it is hard to get around that stadium. Yeah, Dodger it sucks. Stadium. Yeah, you have to go down and then you have to go up 
and then like like in order to get to the bar, remember when you guys were at the St. Archer bar when we went to the game last time? Like for me and Jackson to get to you, it took like an hour because we couldn't figure out how the fuck to get there. And I love like that's, you know, Dodger Stadium. Now that they have a lot of these modern amenities, they have these so elevators easy. that can just take and drop off on the so floor easy. and all this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's super easy. Um, but who knows, man? I'm I hope they stay in Anaheim. Yeah. If not, I hope they stay in Orange County or Greater Los Angeles, whether it be Long Beach. But yeah, no, they can't leave. At the end of the day, we fuck around and say Vegas, but no, they gotta stay down here. There's too much of a history of this that team in this area. I think but we'll Long see, Beach man. Is technically Orange County, but it's like basically the the ma- the second like the the second major city of Orange County though. Like it kind of feels that way, you know what I mean? Yeah, and and we'll but we'll see, man. Like, like people uh, who people who work in Long Beach, they live in like Orange County. Like they live in like Irvine or something like that. It's kind of I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But that's my feel. Yeah, we'll I mean, we'll see we'll see how the story develops cuz it's it's so new right now, you know. Just it's Artie just, Moreno, not... just play clean, dude. How hard is it? Come on. <laughs> All right. Next story is literally about Trevor's story. So, story story. Good good segue. The never-ending story. So since Julio and I shit on uh, the Red Sox and Trevor Story two weeks ago, he's been on a fucking tear. He's eight for twenty-four the past week, six home runs, seventeen RBIs, ten runs. If you had, if you're playing daily fantasy, you should pick him um, for just a just a pointer. Um, Guess who went up against him in fantasy baseball last week? Oh wow! Hey, who what's up? I still won, but yeah, it was stressful. Who has him in the league? Uh, shout out to my homeboy, Tim Wiseman. You, you may have met him before and I uh, worked with him at Disney. Maybe. He lives on North Maybe. Hollywood. Um, huge Maybe. Dodgers fan. Um, but if you would have yeah. said Idris, I would have been so upset. Oh no, Idris sucks. He yeah, also sucks in fantasy me. baseball, but yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, he's on a tear right now. Um, the Red Sox, eh, you know, t- it's tough, t- tough division for them. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, Trevor story. Maybe I mean it's looking like a good signing now. I, we were shitting on it a week ago, but it looks pretty good now. What do you think it is? Our <laughs> is uh wasn't Devers hurt? Is Devers back or was it uh or was it Bogarts that was hurt? I think Bogarts was hurt. So is but... are they back? So maybe there's like people you know it's just like it's fucking up the order for the pitcher now. So he's like oh I can't pitch around Story. I can't pitch around Bogarts. Like you know. I don't know. So I'm actually looking up who they played during that stretch because that might answer our question. Um, mm-hmm. But no, it it actually mm-hmm. doesn't. Okay. So they played the Astros, who you know. Oh just... wow! But then they played Seattle, who looked at. It, I feel like a little more confident as an A's fan after seeing them play against Seattle the last couple of days. Uh, but it's interesting. I think it's it, and those were both away games as well away series which is kind of a trip um yeah. but it, it just shows you that like you know what they they're three games five and 500 right now after all that after all that uh, i think it's just a slow start i think at the end of the day I, he probably was getting to his head a lot now it's starting to seem like guys who start off a little bit funky who because of the i think the easy way out of this explanation is the short and spring training yeah and now you're seeing yeah. guys who are starting to kind of figure 100%. it out again i think you know straight up i'll say this lou trevino has been playing much better another yeah. kind of guy who you can say that delayed spring has helped him out a lot yeah. um but we'll see man it, it's you kind of forget like oh that's right trevor story when healthy and is on one is like easily like a top three shortstop in baseball man it's crazy you kind of forget about that play second base now though but yeah Shit, well, he's probably the second best or best second baseman in baseball then. Better than put in front of Marcus him? Simeon or Don't look at Marcus's stats, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. He hasn't hit a home run. It's yeah. Jed Lowry's this, playing this better year, than Marcus. This year, yes. Spencer Torkelson? Or no, he's been playing first. He's been played third and he's third. he's also been butt. Um El Tuve is always there. Brandon Lau. Like, I don't know what his stats are this year though. Oh, 
get I would take you. I would take Brandon Lau over over Story. Brandon Lau's consistent. You like that Lau pal? Yeah. All right, yeah, but, we're going to take a quick break, but coming up I'm going to tell you why the A's absolutely need to trade Ramon Laureano. That's next. Okay, it's A's news, and uh, this is A's podcast, so this is the part that you um, wait to... Time for some A's news! Can we? Can you sing that every time when we start the segment now? That was fucking great. Yeah, I'm also just going to work time on keeping the mic a little bit closer to me, too. It's like okay, this. Cool. Yeah, but I can hear you holding it, which is weird, but um, we can talk about that after show. Just do that. Just Let's, let's see how it goes. Listeners, let us know. Should We're Julio wigging out from now on. And if not, tell him no. All right. Um, um, guess what, everybody? Cole Irvin is back. Um, he pitched this past week. Go, Cole. Six innings. He got three earned runs, four Ks. He actually had pretty good outing. The A's lost that game, but it was a, it was a solid start. Um, he just didn't get much run support, which was kind of the story up until the past three games, uh, which has been kind of the story – Three games? No, I think the last game against uh, what you McCall, they had a, some run support too, didn't they? So the game I was out on Saturday, I think they scored against the Angels. Again, not a, not a lot. I think they scored like three or four runs, and then but Sunday, on Sunday they, they scored. Lighting them no, up, it was right? one run. Okay, so then okay, so just against Seattle. All right, so well, unfortunately he pitched against the A's or the Angels, so that didn't work out so well. Um, but. Um, yeah, and as expected, as Martin Gallegos um, tweeted, when Nick Allen got called up, Nick Allen got called back down um, uh, to the minors. But we'll see how that goes. Um, we we could I don't know. We, I'm just glad about it now roster moves wise. I mean, like yeah, who, who, it, is there anybody who deserves a roster spot right now that's getting it? Well, uh, no, uh, that doesn't like, deserve one. That's getting it. Sorry. I mean, Elvis Andrews. No, he played good today. He's played he a play really good today. series, actually. Yeah. So I, I can't really say Elvis right now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of uh, up in the air. I think the one guy that I was, I think we've both been like, all right, this dude needs to go get sent down as Adam Mahler. And it sounds like that's happening. But yeah. the, the one thing I kind of want to say about Cole is at least with every start, you know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. Very even keel. Give up, you know, the most he'll give up is like five runs. Mm-hmm. And he'll at least get you five innings, which in modern baseball, you'll take that. So just having a little more stability, especially as, you know, what let's see what the future of this team is going to look like a couple months from now when the trade deadline approaches with Frankie and... Um, I think he's pretty much the only starter they've talked about getting traded. But uh, I'm just glad he's back. He definitely did work against his hometown team like he somehow does every time. But at the same time, to kind of say who deserves a roster spot and who doesn't, just let Nick Allen get his reps. We literally talked about this last week. Yeah, but this was also pretty predictable. We knew that he was going to go back down. He was he was just in there until Cole was ready. Adam Moeller was in there for a spot start, though. So I don't know if he stays up much longer. I guess they moved him back to the bullpen. I don't know. I like everybody in the bullpen but him. Um, so I can't imagine he gets much time. And I bet if he goes out for a couple more outings and he gets lit up, then he's going to be brought down again. I mean... I don't know. We have such a good thing going at the end of our bullpen with Jackson and Puck. Though Puck had a, gave up a couple runs today, but that's the first sign of trouble he's been in in a little while now. Um, Danny Jimenez is f- probably, if Paul Blackburn's not going to be the all-star representative for the A's. Um, um, Sneed's been good. Fucking, um, you know Sam, who I want to give Moles some love to? Great. Um, Every time I, I see him, I just get excited and I have to yell. Sam Mole, the Mole yeah. Man, has yeah, a he's been so good. Point six one ERA. I don't know what they're feeding these dudes in the pen, 
who, you know, Sam Mole was kind of an afterthought of a player. He got a little bit of time last week. But, geez, whatever they're doing for these guys, it's working because, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and, and he comes in in rough situations. It's like when the A's are down by two runs and you just need them to hold off for like one or two innings. And then and then hopefully get some run support. He doesn't get that run support, but like he he gets he's like the all right he's the he's the Yosemero Petit. He's the we we're in a bind and we need someone to like fend us off while the offense gets going, which is great. Yeah, that's that's you you really gave a tough question to me because right now I think there's actually like guys there's not really many guys I would say like just get them off now that Billy McKinney's gone, and I don't know what's the latest with him. I don't know if he got sent back down to triple a or not mm-hmm. um yeah there's nobody really even the sheldon noise yeah. is kind of falling off a little bit but that was bound to happen back down to reality doesn't mean he's not bad it just means that he's not he's not tearing it up he's not hitting 300 Snap anymore, back but, to reality oh but he he still gets really big hits and really big moments like the past two days he's fucking been great at that um yeah Cole Irvin, I got a good one for you. Heavy Ted Lilly energy. Is Ted Lilly a lefty? I don't know. I didn't think about it in that specifically, Julio. I just thought about it in terms of, you know what you're going to get from him every start. He's going to put up above average stuff. He was a lefty. Oh, I love that. that. Chris, he, you did it gonna, again, bud. He's going to always have a quality start and he's always going to keep you in the game and if he has run support he's going to be successful love ted lily man <laughs> like number four one of the most dependable like four or five starters in like a's history he was five i think because it was it was obvious it was hudson zito Mulder, rich harden and then i think lily was five dude 2002 he had a 340 era yeah which is like you know if you're your here, let me just I'm just gonna do a couple little clicks here. Oh, I remember show. Mason used to shit on him all the time back in the day because he like wasn't as good as the big three. I'm like, dude, your expectations are so like it's not even fair. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, eleven uh, year old Mason. That's not a good comparison. Yeah, eleven year old Mason can fuck off. <laughs> I mean, also potentially thirty one year old Mason could do that. Um. But yeah, I like that comparison. It's just even keel. You're never gonna blow it up, dude. I'm never on gonna get these, blown up. I'm so. on point with these energies. I'm telling you. You need to start. We, we Chris and I were talking about this. Um, I'm gonna start retweeting videos of when old A's players do something, and just hashtag it former Oakland great. Mm-hmm. You just gotta keep hitting with these energies, man. You're, dude, you're I bit. tweeted it today about Paul Blackburn, heavy Chris Bassett energy, and people loved it. <sighs> Polly B. Mm-hmm. God, I love that guy right now. All right, let's move on to someone else who's hot. Jed Lowry. Old man Jed. <laughs> He's, he is Jed hot right now. Dude, isn't Jed such a great old person name too? <laughs> I'd always call him Jedediah. I know it's not yeah. his full name, but. I think it is. Isn't that his full name? I think it I is. Hope, oh, my God. Name. Please tell me his full name. I don't think it's Jed. Well, I dropped Jedediah. my pen in to pick it up. Let me look it up now. Here. Uh, anyway, Jed, go ahead. You do your thing about Jed. Uh, yeah, something's happened the last couple weeks, man, where Jed Lowry has just been on absolute fire. The, you know, of course, the Stanford product. Shout out to Stanford. Dude, Stanford won today. Pac-12 tournament. They beat um, uh, Arizona State in uh, oh. the in the first round of, of the – Pac-12 tournaments, they move on. They play the winner of Oregon State and Washington was playing before I came on this podcast, and Oregon State was winning. So Excellent. Oh, is, oh, is there any games on after this podcast, maybe? No, I don't, I don't think baseball? so. But, dude, they start at fucking 9 in the morning. They go all day. It's been awesome. And every tournament's going on. I'm just fucking flipping through them on my TV while I'm working. It's great. need to check that out. But Jed in the last week is batting 300. He's at two doubles and two home runs because, you know, Jed stands for just eat doubles and just it actually stands for dingers. jed just jed carlson doubles. lowry five rbis but um, also jesse's double i just wanted to, i wanted to get back to the name thing yeah besides the point he's been really hot lately and it actually leads to a conversation that chris and i were having yesterday which is the reality is 
There is no future spot for Jed. Love this guy. I think he's, you know, when they did the 68th anniversary team, I don't know if he was on there, but I can confidently say I think Jed would, whenever they make a 75th anniversary team, Jed Lowry has to be on there. This guy has been a huge part of this franchise for the last 10 years. In each stint, he's been, he's played well. Um, You got to sell him, man. You got to trade him. Obviously, you're not going to get a package for him right now because, what, he's a 38, right? He is a 38-year-old second baseman who's had a history of injury or injury history and is on a one-year deal. But if you want to package him with the Frankie Montas to a team who would like a DH or a guy can come and play second, you know, every fifth day to give your guys a break, do it. And I think he deserves it too right now. Like obviously we, I think we, we really appreciate him coming back and the fan base will always love him, but dude, get this guy a ring, go ship him out to God, maybe even the Yankees. Imagine Jed in New York. Who's our second baseman now? Hmm. Glaber. I thought he's our shortstop. Uh, Kiner Falefa. They'll switch off. Oh, and then DJ. Oh, yeah. Maybe you know, maybe not New York. That might not (laughs) be the best idea. But you know, I think there would be some definitely contender teams that would use that could use somebody like Jed. So all I'm saying is. I'm glad he's Is Nick playing Madrigal like this. back? Is he healthy again? Nick Madrigal? Mm-hmm. I don't think he is, but they're also in the Cubs. Oh, he's not on the White Sox yeah. anymore. They traded him last year. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of contenders that could use somebody like him, but the thing is, they're, the A's will not get a, a return. They would have to <clears throat> pair him with Frankie or with uh, your hot take you had him at, uh, early in the show. But I just want to highlight it. I think he's really been a big cog in what this offense has been doing because it's when he's hitting, it seems like the rest of the lineup is figuring out a way to get on base. Yeah. Agree. Well, Ramon, he's back, and he's gone. Injured again. Same with Frankie Montas. They were hurt in the same game. The um, same game that I was at. Yeah, that's a bummer. Ramon gets hit by a pitch in the hand. He stays in, and then he gets taken out for... I forgot who came in. And then Frankie. Probably Luis. No, Brea was starting. Mm. Who came in for him? Oh, Pinder. Pinder came in right. Um, and then Frankie gets hit in the hand on a line drive. <clears throat> it does. Neither one of them will be hitting the aisle, it looks like. And I believe Frankie is actually set to start tomorrow. So that's good. But we yeah. haven't seen Ramon since. So it's a little, uh, it seems like they're leaning more towards the precautious side than anything. Or they're leaning more towards the hot hand of Luis Barrera, which I learned is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, my girlfriend has reassured me that it's Barrera instead of Barrera. So I have to make sure I do that. But yeah, it just sucked. It happened in the same game, man. Way to ruin my Saturday night A's. Yeah. And now I'm stuck in Anaheim. That was dope and that you I can't even go, go to Disneyland. That's cool you got to go, though. Did you go to Golden Road? No. No, we pre-gamed at Trader Sam's, and that was lit. Nice. Nice. <laughs> we took... Uh, you've met my friend Ivan before. That was his yeah. first time at Trader Sam's, and he was just like, oh, shit. So by the time we got to the game, I was already like three cocktails deep. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just sucks having the same game. But Chris, I'm very curious about your Ramon... I put it as a rant, but I, you know, I don't think it's, it's a not rant. a rant. It's a take. The yeah. A's should absolutely one thousand percent trade Ramon Laureano this offseason or this trade deadline with probably Frankie Montas because they and will Jed. get more of a return if they put two stars in that that deal. And here's why: there's a player on this team who has heavy Ramon Laureano energy, and that's Lu- Luis Barrea. He is a clone copy. Everything about uh, Luis Barrea is is a clone copy of Ramon. His Latin descent, obviously, didn't have to say that, but had to throw that out there first. Fast, great defensively, big arm, which is the reason why he's been playing right field. 
and the way that he went through the minor league system. He fucking went up and down, fucking got waved a couple times, came back, couldn't quite, like, make it up to the big leagues. He's a little bit older now, gets his shot, he's mature, and he's fucking killing it right now. Dude is hitting 330 ever since he came up. He's been a stud for us. Every single inning where we've um like gone on like offensive runs like hit like you know more than more than two runs in the inning in the inning he's the one who's either started it or started by by like getting a double getting ready on base or he's brought home like the first run so he's like kept the fucking momentum going i love Luis brea i want him to be the like an everyday starter ramon ramon's context contract situation is he's arbitration eligible this offseason so that means that well he was arbitration eligible for the first time last offseason so he's going to be arbitration eligible again this offseason so we know the a's we know the a's don't like to go into arbitration hearings he's only 27 years old he's a free agent in 2025 you could get some big money for him everybody in the league knows about his arm literally you watch games people just don't run on him anymore like um there was a ball to right field on Friday or something like that, that like trout hit or something. And he's rounding first and he sees that, that, that uh, Ramon picks it up and throws it. And he doesn't even go to second. Like this was a ball that like, if it was any other outfielder that especially trout who has, who has wheels, that would be a double. No problem. You just slide into second and you're good. But he saw that it was Ramon who picked up the ball and he knew that he was going to be gunned out and he stayed at first. Like, you could get some money for him, and, and or you get get some good assets for him, and and Montas. Get rid of him because we got another one who's younger. Love it, not the worst idea. A uh, couple of logistical things to throw out there. Ramon will be a free agent in twenty twenty five. I said Luis that. Barea is a free agent in twenty twenty eight. So yeah, and it's funny we think that like because I <clears throat> I have the same connection. I'm like oh yeah. Luis is super younger than Ramon. Of course, let's do that trade. Uh, Luis Barrea is twenty six. Ramon is twenty seven. So they're a he's twenty five. And I looked. Oh, he just turned twenty six. He just turned twenty five. He just he turned twenty six November. Oh, never mind. Besides the point, that was his debut. Sorry. Yeah, and then they both. But um, but they're he's both not arbitration the- eligible for two years. And they're both from the Dominican, so they got that connection site, which also yeah. tangent. I want to go to the Dominican Republic so bad one day. So bad. So that looks so like just seeing the beaches out there. Yeah. Love to go. Uh, yeah, I think we have to be realistic where um, you 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 hit it the other day, and I didn't really want to have that conversation with you. It was like, we got to be realistic, guys like Ramon and Pinder and – and, and when I said the reason I said it was because of Jed, like I think we do, we should trade Jed right now, and it just doesn't Elvis. make sense right now. And um, and Elvis, yeah, that Elvis is a little bit different just because of, like he hasn't been here for long. But with somebody like Ramon, dude, that he's just uh, the energy of that player. And I would hate to think what what's going to happen to whatever loyal the fan base we still have who's going to the games specifically. Shout out to our God. Brian the Kingpin. Yeah, he's gonna kill me for this take. Yeah, like we should probably edit out a video clip of just you talking about that. And I'll post it on Twitter and just get his two cents on it. And he'll find out where you live. He'll take you out, but then he'll also leave you some nice. I will find you. Yeah, and I will kill you. It's just we have to. It just sucks because like we have to be realistic right now, and it, it would be the the move to make, especially seeing Luis Brea's emergence. Um, Christian Patcher, there's no way he's going to hit this bat throughout the season. But the thing is now, it's like, well, if we're going to make those moves, you're really going to punt outfield depth. And it's like, well, what do you, what do, you do if you do trade a Ramon and you do trade Pinder? And then yeah, I remember you I talked about the other day throwing. I don't know. You got Tony Kemp. You got. But you've, you even said Steven that now Vogt. that we should probably move Tony Kemp, who also tore it up this last week as well. He had like a three for three game the other night. Yeah. It's just like, I know we, you know, we know there's teams not trying to be competitive. We understand that. We just want to be entertained from time to time. But at least like Seth Brown can be an everyday left, like right fielder. Maybe. 
I think well, Christian then you get Beck. Sheldon Noisy more reps at first, and maybe it's time to bring up Logan Davidson. He could play second. Like, maybe it's time to get Nick Allen. Maybe he could play everyday second baseman this year. Like, I mean, there's options in younger guys that should be getting more reps. I was going to say my dude Christian Beffencourt, who I will die on a mound for him now. I love that dude. That yeah, play dude, him at almost... first, and then you can play, bring up Shea Langeliers. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want this to turn into a Christian Beffencourt. Bethencourt conversation because I've become such a huge fan of him over the last couple months. Um, but yeah, we got to do it. I hate it. Hey, I agreeing with you because Ramon is just the shit, but it, it, it would be the move to make, unfortunately. Yeah, I just don't know what his trade value is right now. That's the probably problem. not great. He's coming off a of suspension and he isn't been playing well. So, yeah. I mean, he could probably get away with being an outfielder. <clears throat> Shit, hot. I know I said it for the the. I said it with the with Jed, maybe even the Yankees. He that would be. I think he'd be a great addition to that outfield. I mean, there's I, a there's plenty of outfields for contender teams out there. The Giants. Oh, him. dude, he would crush it with the Giants. Yeah, the Giants is one. Um, the Padres could maybe have some. Padres some definitely there. need some help in the outfield. The Cardinals. Um, there's plenty of teams out there. It's just like now we're at this point where we just get us. Look, Oakland, Mr. Bean, Mr. Force. This is my only request for you. Let us learn to love the new guys that are here before you do make these moves. Because if you make yeah. these moves while Christian Pache is still batting below 200, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, Julio. Let's wrap it up. Preview the pro- upcoming schedule. We have the Texas Rangers uh, this weekend. Sunday. Uh, yeah. I'll be there Saturday. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, you're going to be up up in uh, – Oh, excuse me. Up in uh, NorCal. So uh, there you go. Is, Julio's going to be at the game. If you see him, go say hi. This is uh, – you know, and Whitney and I have been together for eight years. This is our first game at the Oakland Coliseum. Wow. I'm excited, but scared. Hmm. Make sure you go to the treehouse a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm planning on us just staying at the treehouse and yeah. sitting up there. So, Because um, I, can't, I can't even sit like lower level for less than $75. And I'm not paying that for those seats. Really? They're pretty cheap opening night. Yeah, dude. I was trying to look um, like first so you deck. You yeah, cheapest ticket, $75. I was trying to check first deck, um, not like in the lower section, but like in the one, like in rows 20 and back. I can't remember what that area is called. But yeah, it's like 75 Honestly, if you're not going there with a, if you're going there with a non-baseball fan, it's not worth it. You might as well just go in the no. treehouse. Uh, we also talked about just you guys can drink and getting whatever. a group of people and getting a suite, whereas like it's $100 a person. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather just do that, but we'll see. Anyways. Yeah. Um, Rangers are Rangers are in town Thursday through Sunday, and then um, the Houston Astros are going to be in town next Monday through Wednesday. All right, Julio, it's time for Player of the Week. Player of the Week is sponsored by Chris Martinez, State Farm agent of Walnut Creek. If you need home, auto, or life insurance, make sure to give Chris a call. His number is 925-266-8997, or visit his website, agentchrismartinez.com. Make sure you let him know that the Talent Tale guys get guys sent you there, um, and he'll hook you up. Chris Julio. Martinez, great agent, terrible fantasy football manager. Football or baseball? No, he's not in baseball or fantasy baseball league. I'm just saying oh. for dynasty football, and you can. Well, he did, that. but he won the first season though. So you no, that was really... uh, Nick Blachey. Nick Blachey won. Chris. Chris was runner-up. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. I don't think the fans give a shit about that. They're, they don't. If he's, they a, good, really if he's don't. a good insurance agent, that's all I care about. Yes. Who's your player of the week? Brown delivers. Seth Brown is on one right now, folks. I think we really need to start paying attention to it. He had a bomb today. Um, over the last week, he is batting 316. He is 6 for 19, including a triple, a home run, three RBIs. Um, I think one of the things, you know, our, our glass half full takes for the beginning of the season was seeing what Seth Brown can do as in a full-time role. 
you saw what he was able to do in the part-time roles he had in 19 and 20 a little bit more last year when he was getting called up and down and now that he's in the he's in there every day we're starting to see kind of a lot of what we're hoping to see right now I think he's actually since he's come off from being hurt uh, he's actually been a pretty um, a competent bat in that middle of the lineup where I know Chris we had conversations earlier in the season like what the hell are we going to do in this four hole is it going to be Murph is it going to be Jed, sure, is it going to be this player? But I think now we're starting to get to the point where, like, I think Seth Brown might be that guy who can at least be our most consistent four-hole hitter. So, Seth Brown, man, Brown delivers. Keep it he's up. got the power, too. He should be in that four-hole. Like, regardless, you know, he's very streaky when it comes to contact. But he he does have the power, and you never know when it'll be unleashed. And it's just – it's a, a he's the best man for the job for now. Until Shay Langeliers gets brought up. Um, all right, my player of the week is my boy Luis Barrera. Barrera. I'm gonna. I keep saying it wrong, but my girlfriend taught me how to say it the other day, and then I just couldn't roll my R's correctly. So now I'm just gonna say Barrera. Luis Barrera. Um, he has had uh, nine hits. Um, he's earned two runs, three RBIs, and he's hitting 391. Wow, I didn't know. It was 3.30 earlier today, so he must have had a couple hits today. Um, his OBP is 4.17, um, and he is just killing it. And he's going to be the new Ramon Laureano, and he's dope. And I want him to keep playing well. And I'm, he, I've am he i been rooting for him for a few years now in the minor league system. I've been looking at his, like, scouting reports, and i be like, man, this guy's fucking this guy's got a potential. Like, why isn't he getting brought up? And now he is, and he's killing it. So he's been a bright spot. He's always a part of every offensive inning that we have, um, whether he is leading it off or whether he's bringing in the crucial runs. So um, he's clutch, and that's what you need out of a guy like that. So Luis, my guy. Big Luis guy. Love it. Yeah, big. Um, what was your energy for him? Again, Ramon Laureano energy. Oh yeah, I mean, duh. Yeah, that's an obvious one. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, so now on to our essential tailgate tools of the week. Uh, previous, previously, what essential tailgate tools? I think we both hit Chris. This is the first Fucking time in a hot minute it. where we I can confidently say I think we both did well. Uh, Chris, you had AJ Puck. He did give up his first run since April. Uh, besides the point, still excellent start of the season for him two walks four strikeouts four hits 2.2 innings pitched really settling in that bullpen role we can't be any more excited from him than what we've seen so far for myself i said lou trevino and folks he it looks like he's starting to turn around a little bit he's given up one run he walked two struck out five two hits and 2.2 innings so uh, both of these bullpen guys looking nice. Lou could potentially be a part of a trade package as well somewhere. I think there could definitely be somebody, if he can play hot for the next couple months, who'd be willing to take that flyer on him. So, mm-hmm. you know, Chris, just uh, give ourselves a pat on the back, man. We, we Pat we, on the back. Pat on the back. There we go. Pat on the pack. Pack on the back. Anyways. The pack, Chris. bro. Got my vans on, but they look like sneakers. Uh, we were hyphy. Now on... Uh, no streaming services yet. It's nothing. Yeah. Nothing yet. Eventually. <laughs> Google it, folks. Chris, who do you got this week? My player of the week. This very important, very interesting week we have coming up. It's going to be Sheldon Noisy. Need him to get back to Sheldon Noisy situations. You're right. He was in a slump for, I would say, up until this past series. He's He's been hitting well against Seattle, but... He's got to come back. He's been leading off, which is very important for the A's, and he was doing a great job leading off at first, um, but he's fallen off a little bit. So, Sheldon, we got to get you back, bro, because you're getting the bat, the the hitting support that you've been missing for the past couple weeks. So, um, yeah. Uh, Julio, yours is a good one. Touche. Well played, sir. Murph! What is it? The last two weeks, Tron Murphy was hitting 181. In the last week, he's hitting 285. Uh, I, you know, 
which Murph are we going to see this week? I'm actually kind of intrigued to see, I think now that, you know, it's a lot more time left in the season, but it really does seem like Christian Bethacourt has kind of established that backup captain position. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Kotze is a little more confident with playing him consistently behind the plate when Murph needs those day off days off. And because of that, I think Murph gets to play hit DH. Yeah. Loud phone drop. My nice. phone. Um, but because of that, yeah, Murph gets DH more. Saving his legs in the long run, you know, focus on hitting. So let's see what philosophy is going to show up over this next week, especially against a pretty lowly Texas team and uh, our bitter rivals in Houston. So excited to see what you're going to do, Murph. You're on my essential tailgate tool of the week. Nice. Good pod. What do you think? One out of ten. Give it a solid. Uh, give it a nine. Yeah, I think this. Look, I, I think this. Give it a. Give it a. A ten. A ten. Do you know what that what movie that's from? Varsity Blues. Ah, for some reason I was thinking of a Love You Man. Give me a. So I was at. Give me a. Another great one. I was in uh, um, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma this past weekend at the PGA Championship. Uh, me and my, me and Brad went. And um, we we stayed at a casino. And we were playing craps one night, and I was playing with these two guys from Dallas. And they were talking. I was wearing a Warriors shirt. And they were just talking hella shit. And I was like, "You guys realize that it's it's three nothing right now, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we or no two nothing at the time." They're like, "Yeah, yeah, we know, but we we got to get them in while we can." Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but they uh, every time ten would be our number on the craps tables, they'd be like, "I need a a ten." A ten, and they would just like do that line, and then just like the entire table would start doing it because Oklahoma is pretty much Texas, and everybody in Texas loves Varsity Blues because it's like about their childhood, about football. So um, it was great. Those were great guys too. Shout out to those guys. I've got two best friends, Robbie and Hank Mandukas. <laughs> Hank Mandukas. Uh, hey, before we go, this is just a good movie. I love you, man. Maybe I should watch that. Cheers, Chris Magical. Emmy winner. Emmy winner Chris Magical is what you can call me from now on. Put it on your LinkedIn. <clears throat> That's right. My uh, documentary Here's your series. Spe- Here's Man your unofficial Emmy speech. Go ahead. Man, my documentary series Man in the Arena won uh, for best documentary series uh, for sports Emmys, and we won. It was awesome. It was a great moment. I was super excited about it. Um, I don't know what to say, man. It's it's weird. Um, you're an entire year and a half of your life working on this project and getting validation for it. It feels just really good. And that was during the pandemic, which it was a really tough time to shoot. Um, a lot of things are going on. I was traveling a lot. Um, I had opportunities to go see my family, but my family wasn't crazy about it because I had been traveling so much. Little do we know that, you know, if we had the information we knew now, we'd know that that's a little bit ridiculous, but you know, whatever. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and it was I'm I'm very proud of it, so I'm very happy, and that'll be on my resume for forever. So that that's pretty fucking cool. Are you and potentially the first Emmy winner from Antioch? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, an Antioch person won an Oscar for um, Lord of the Rings back in 2003. They were a sound mixer, or no, right. sound editor, and they won an Oscar. That's right. Yeah, there there's some something else where there's been some awards, but. Uh, the most recent memory. So, congrats to you, brother. I yeah. might finish my drink, but. Alrighty. Well, that was this week. Uh, Chris, you normally do the sign-off stuff, so you can go take that from there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was wondering how you're gonna do it, and I, was, I didn't know what I, I was doing I, either. I was just winging I, it. I was just wanted the chaos to happen. I'm just, you know, I just wanted to see how you would handle it, and you dished it off to me, which sucked because I was gonna get so much amusement to find out how you're gonna dish it off to yourself. I, yeah, I, I wasn't going to try. <laughs> Last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Oh, and go, Dubs. Go, Dubs. Nice, soft. Let's go, Oakland. Really want the soft voice this time. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. 
It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland. Oh, 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 oh,